0: Father, I thank you and praise you God that your presence is here right now in a mighty way, O Master. Thank you, Jesus, that it is you who is the one who is speaking these words to each and every one of us. It is you who makes this teaching very easy to understand in such a simplistic manner that even a little child is able to grasp the meaning of this wonderful book, Return, O Master. Thank you, Jesus. I surround this entire place. I cover this entire place. I cover every heart that is sitting over here. Every soul that is meeting over here, O oh Master. Every child that is present over here. And every person who is going to listen to this teaching, O oh Master. I cover them. I cover them with the precious blood of Jesus. Because the moment the word is preached, the devil comes to steal instantly, O oh Master. And that I take authority in the name of Jesus and uproot any negativity in this place, O oh Master. Or if any negative spirit is surrounding this place I cast it out from here let every child's heart be open be filled with your spirit you give them the spirit of understanding the spirit of excellence be upon every person who is sitting here to listen to this gospel to this word of God Preach today, O Master. Thank you, Mama Mary, you are present here. Holy Spirit, you are present here. And all the angels who have come here to fill this place to listen to the word of God spoken. And Master, I cover, cover this entire teaching. I cover this entire teaching with the precious blood of Jesus. And thank you for what you are going to do as we embark on this new journey once again. And we make this prayer in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Amen? God bless you. All excited to read about the revelation? Yes. Yes. Okay, so your books and papers and pens and all are ready, right? so glad that we have, you know, this is one, I never thought I will ever be teaching my own, my own perspective. I used to think that this is just too much, like, you know, too much of uh, things and it's very difficult to understand and, You know, of all people, Lena is going to go and teach. This is meant for scholars and theologians who have sat and meditated and read about this book. So it's so amazing when Jesus says, yes, you can do it. actually, long back, probably around uh, one and a half months back, two people came to me in the same day and said, you're going to be teaching on Revelation. And I was so amazed. I said, God, you (laughs) not only send one person, but then you even... You know, you are making it sure, doubly sure that you're going to, it's going to happen. And so it's beautiful that we have come to this day when we start on teaching on this book of Revelation. I don't know how many sessions of this Revelation is. I have left it all to God. As God leads, we will go ahead. Okay. So before we start the study of this book, I would like to take you to the last chapter of Revelation because there is a great warning attached to this teaching. So before I start the teaching, I want you to listen to the warning that is attached and then we will start with the teaching. It is Revelation chapter 22 verse 18 is the last chapter verse 18. 22 verse 18. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. I repeat again, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. Verse 19, If anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away that person's share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. There is no other book in the bible where there is a warning given about what you learn from this book so it's very very crucial that this book you do not take it lightly just any other light chapter or a story that you read every word has its meaning we are we can neither add to it we can neither take away from it amen So you keep that in mind as you go ahead and go back and read. You will have to read this a couple of times before you come to complete understanding about this book. Now what does the word revelation mean? What is the meaning of the word revelation? It's a Greek word and in Greek it's called as apocalypse. Apocalypse. And apocalypse actually means we see this word apocalypse being told so many times in so many movies and it was apocalypse, apocalypse, you know. So what does the word apocalypse mean? It means unveiling. Unveiling or disclosure or revealing. It means unveiling, disclosure or revealing. Now, like if you go for an art show or you go to a gallery and there's an artist who's, you know, made a lot of uh, paintings of his and then he wants to, you know, display those paintings and he calls all his friends, all his family, near and dear ones, calls them to come to the art gallery on such a such day and there is going to be, you know, I'm going to show you my work. So everybody assembles, uh, you know, so excited, they come to the art gallery at that particular time and the entire, uh, the paintings of the artist, the one main painting that he wants to show is completely covered up. And when the chief guest comes and says, you know, uh, he starts his, uh, you know, some speech and after that he presses a button, the entire curtain comes down and now people can see and everybody goes, Wow. So beautiful. So now they know what they are seeing. What was concealed is now revealed. What was veiled is unveiled. So that is the same thing, the meaning of the book of Revelation. What was concealed, what we feel is concealed, God is revealing to us. We are more, you know, we know more about the Bible from the point of Jesus as a, as a fully God and fully man, but more like fully man as we know about his journey, how he was born, how he walked on the face of the earth, his passion and death, which we have been uh, reading so uh, in deeply about the last month and including his resurrection. But that's all that we know more and more about jesus that is what we learn but there's a jesus who glorified who went up to heaven that glorified christ is what the true nature of christ is actually the true god now who he is he is not that like the shepherd or the person who walked on this earth but he is the god so that unveiling happens in this book of Revelation. And when you go through this book of Revelation, it's like the curtain comes down. Slowly by slowly the curtain comes down. And then when the entire curtain comes down you will know the entire picture of who this God is. Amen? Now this book was written by St. John. By St. John the Apostle around 95 AD after death of Jesus. Around 95 AD. And who is St. Paul? St. Paul is one of the uh, closest disciple of Jesus of God, and uh, after the you know the, uh, the the Catholic tradition, after Mother Mary was uh, you know when Assumption of Mother Mary took place, after that she was always with John, right? What at the foot of the cross, Lot said that she's your mother, and she said, this is your son, and from that day John took her to be with him. So after Jesus's death, John was the one who took care of. Mother Mary. And after the assumption of Mother Mary, St. John after she had gone away, he goes on to the place called Ephesians. Ephesians is a place, the book of Ephesians you see, that is a letter written to the Ephesians. So he goes to Ephesians and it is in Ephesians that he sits and writes the next three letters. So he is known to write the five books in the Bible. One is a gospel according to John, then John 1, John 2, John 3. These three books he writes when he is in Ephesians and when he's in Ephesians he he's the the preaching of the word of god is so intense inside of him that he goes everywhere preaching with signs and wonders and the roman emperor at that point of time, his name is Domitian. Domitian was a Roman emperor. And everywhere he got to hear this, John is speaking the gospel in such a convincing manner that people are all getting converted to Christianity and he gets angry. So he says he is, uh, you know, sentenced to be put into a pot of boiling oil. Death by putting into a pot of Boiling oil. So the people carry the he's uh, carried and he's thrown inside this pot where there is boiling oil. And inside, when he was put inside the boiling oil, also John is preaching the gospel. He's continuously preaching the gospel, and that boiling oil does not hurt him at all. There is no damage takes place in your in his body. Most of you cook. I know boys also cook nowadays, right? Today morning I was surprised to see my Youngest fellows nicely making omelette and sausages standing in front of the gas. So everybody's used to cooking. When you're cooking, you realize a little oil just sprinkles. It comes out. And it when touches any part of your body, it starts burning. And then after some time was, you know, it starts swelling up and that burn, you will feel that is just one drop of oil. But John was poured into a pot, huge pot and the oil was burning. But nothing happened to him. Nothing happened to him. So they pulled him out of the, Pot of the boiling oil and they made him drink poison. They said, if they drink poison, now he's surely going to die. Even after drinking poison, nothing happened to John. He didn't die. He was just like that. And now the Roman Emperor and but the good thing which happened was all the people who had come to see this, they all became Christians. They said his God, the God whom he is preaching, is definitely the true God. Everybody got converted. The entire town of people became Christians. Now he didn't know what to do. He says, this guy is not, you know, is not, his God is not letting him die. I have tried my best. So let me banish him. So he banishes him to the island of Patmos. He's banished to the island of Patmos. Now what is an island? An island is a small piece of land which is surrounded by water on all sides. So this island is also A small piece of land, hardly 34 square kilometers. It's a very small piece of land and the whole area is surrounded by the sea called the Aegean Sea. It's called the Aegean Sea. And that sea is around 65 kilometers all around it. And this land is completely sterile. There is nothing that grows in this land. It is barren land. And it is uh, desolate, dry, rocky terrain, nothing. So all the prisoners whom they can do nothing about or those who have been given death sentence or everything, so they will go and leave them there. They will go leave them in this island because there is no way that you can escape that island. Because you have the sea all around you. You have to be super human being to swim across that sea and reach somewhere and it's not possible. So this land is extremely uninhabitable and so St. John was banished to this land and this land they were not kept inside prison cells like locked up inside the prison cells. There was no point in keeping them locked because there was no way these people will go anywhere. So they had a freedom to move across this entire island and this island had a lot of caves and stuffs like that and in one of those caves when St. John was sitting is where he gets the revelation of the glorified Christ. It is one of the caves. And that cave today, now they have converted into a sanctuary and, you know, now thousands and lakhs and millions of people go there. It's like uh, they call it the Jerusalem of the Aegean Sea. It's a place that the people visit and At present, it has a population of around 3,000 people and more than uh, the people going, it is uh, the pilgrimage, like how we go to the Holy Land, people go to this place. And this place is actually, in the olden time, it was said as Asia Minor. And when you say Asia Minor, it means Greece, it means Greece and which is present day Turkey. So the present day, it is Turkey, it is this place and the churches that... We speak about in this book are the churches which are placed near Turkey, around the Turkey. The seven churches which are, which we'll be talking about are all the churches around this little island of Patmos. So the, so when John goes into this island and he starts, you know, speaking and uh, ministering to the uh, people who are there on, the, uh, on that island. And then he goes into deep communion with the Lord. And once when he is in that communion with the Lord is where he experiences a time that when he's taken away in spirit and then he sees the Lord. Amen? Is it easy to understand? Now, before I go into the teaching of the entire book of Revelation, I would like to give you five keys Five keys which are very important for you to know to understand the book of Revelation. The first key is, the most important key is God wants you to understand this book. God wants you to understand this book. Because most of us are completely, you know, like I told at the starting of it, this is one book that it is very difficult for us to understand. But God wants us to understand this book. And if you go to Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, it says... The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. I'll read again slowly. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him. Him is John over here. To show his servants what must soon take place. And who are the servants? So the revelation was given by God to John to show his servants. The three words in this, it was given by God to john to show his servants now who are the servants yeah so whoever does what god calls you to do is called as a servant of servant of god so we are all everyone who believes in jesus christ becomes a servant of god so the revelation is written to each and every one of us everyone who is saved who believes in jesus this book of revelation is written to it is not for the unsaved it is not for the Unsaved Because they will not understand it So God says Everyone who believes me Has to read this book And I will make it easy for you to understand When you read Jeremiah 33 3 Jeremiah 33:3, 3 Fantastic Yes sister, sister Alice Call to me and I will answer you And I will tell you great and Hidden There there's some books written hidden Some they have written mighty things That you have not know So God's idea is not to keep it as a mystery we think God writes so many things let it be a mystery and I don't need to know it God does not need to tell tell me all about it but God is not telling that he says call to me you call to me and I will reveal to you all the hidden and mighty things so our job is to call on to him this book is not easy I'm telling you again it's not easy but it is not impossible to understand either so we need to call on to the Lord and God is going to make this book very easy for us, so that's why Jeremiah told this initially itself so when we have preconceived ideas it's difficult, I'm not going to do it, it's never going to happen in my times maybe my grand 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 grandchildren may go through tribulation or something in the life it's not going to happen in this time why should I read this book, why should I confuse my mind with all those things, all those preconceived ideas and thoughts we need to bury today when we bury all those thoughts today only will God open our mind to listen and understand what he's going to teach us and there is a beautiful thing when you start reading this, the third verse is very, 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 very beautiful. The third verse is, that's a promise he gives to you. When I started, I told you there is a, there is a warning. I told there's a warning. At the end, there's a warning. But before, when you're starting this reading of this chapter, in Revelation chapter 1 verse 3, There is a great blessing. What is a blessing? He says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of the prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. So if we read the book of Revelation, we are itself are blessed. Isn't it awesome? Yeah, So there is no fear for reading this book I know there is a warning attached to it Because we have to take each word very strictly But just by reading this book We are blessed So amazing isn't it Are you thrilled for reading the book ahead Because there is a great blessing attached to anyone Who reads this book So Again I will tell you Though there is a great blessing attached There is also a but attached B-U-T Not B-U-T-T. There's a B-U-T attached to this. And that but is, nobody in this world can tell in all totality, I know everything in this book of Revelation. It's not possible for anybody in the world who's alive or going to come who can say that every word has been interpreted exactly in the right manner because many things are still to take place. You can interpret, you can have your own versions of it, but nobody can say 100% of the book of Revelation, I know. But that does not stop us from learning, trying to learn and get as much as understanding as we can from this book. So the first key is what? That God wants you to understand this book. And the second key is that the main theme of this book is Jesus Christ. The main theme of this book is Jesus Christ. Revelation 1.1 says, the revelation of... Jesus Christ is the revelation of, is the unveiling of Jesus Christ, is the disclosure of Jesus Christ, is the revealing of Jesus Christ. So this entire book is actually about Jesus Christ. Most of us read the book of Revelation because I want to see who's the Antichrist. So we, you know, we flip the pages fast, fast, fast. Who's the Antichrist? Who's the beast? What does the number 666 mean? We are so excited to know all about all that. Who's the dragon who comes out from the water? Who's that lady who was a wicked woman? These are the things that people are so interested to learn about in the book. But, but God tells you this is not about all of them. This is about only about my son. It is only my son. This book, entire book is a revelation of my son, Jesus Christ. So that is what we have to keep in mind when we are reading this book that we are reading about. Jesus Christ, Amen. And the first line itself says the revelation of Jesus Christ. And when you see the revelation of Jesus Christ, how was Jesus, port- you know, uh, you know, portrayed in the Old Testament? Like if you say the Gospel of uh, Matthew, there Matthew portrays Jesus as a king or a Messiah. For him, the entire Gospel of Matthew, he is portraying Jesus as a king or a Messiah. And Mark, he portrays him as a perfect servant, a person who came to do not to. You know, be served but to serve so that is the main theme of Jesus being portrayed by Mark and uh, Luke portrays him as a perfect man, a person who has never sinned the blameless son of God, the lamp of God so he perf- he's like the perfect shepherd like and John is the only one who portrays him as God Matthew portrays him to be the king or a messiah, Mark portrays him to be the perfect servant and Luke portrays him to be a perfect man and John is the one who portrays him as God. The entire book, it is the first verses of John one one is what? In the beginning was the word, the word was with God and the word was God. So he is the one who starts the entire gospel by proclaiming Jesus to be God. He is the only one. The other three gospel writers don't proclaim him as God. They proclaim him as man who came to earth and then who died and Set us free and throughout this book of revelations, Jesus is known by many names. He's known as the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the son of man, he that liveth and was dead, he that holdeth the seven stars, he who walketh amidst the golden candlesticks, he that is holy and true, he that has the keys of David, he that shuts and no man opens the Amen, Lamb of the tribe of Judah, the root of David A lamb as it had been slain Lord of Lord, King of Kings The rider of the white horse The Lord God of the holy prophets The beginning and the end The bright and morning star Many more are there, I have just taken down some 15-20 Of the names of Jesus which has come down How Jesus you know in the entire gospel It is written like that He is the morning star, he is the one who rides the white horse Many horses will be coming, he is the one He is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end The Amen the the lamb that was slain so the entire entire book of this uh, uh, revelation is all the unveiling of jesus christ so revelation is knowing about the glorified christ not jesus as you know him as he walked the face of earth but this is knowing about the glorified christ so what are the two keys that i gave you what that god wants you to understand the book and the second is This entire book is all about Jesus Christ. Now, the third key is to understand that this book has a divine outline. There is a divine outline to this book. This book is written in a particular manner which is divine in nature. You have to read Revelations 1.19 for this. Revelation 1.19 Now write what you have seen, what is and what is to take place after this. Now write what you have seen, what is, and what is to take place after this. So there are three parts to this book that is uh, that is uh, divided into, that is what is seen, what is, and what is to take place. So there are three parts to this book. The entire chapters of Revelation 22 is divided into three parts. What, what is seen, what is, and what is to take place. Now the first part is what is seen. Jesus is told, Jesus tells John to write down what he has seen about the glorified Christ. This is the revelation that is given to John in the island of Patmos. And when John sees the glorified Christ, he is so terrified. He is absolutely terrified that he falls down, almost dead. He sees the glorified Christ. He sees him, and then he is so absolutely like gone out of his blown out of his mind that he falls down as almost dead and if the good lord no had not gone touched him comforted him and you know removed that fear from him probably john would have never written the book of revelation because he in the first scene itself he just saw one look at the glorified christ and he just lost it he fell down dead now why would john do that john was one of the closest disciple of jesus he walked with him on earth he has seen jesus face to face he lived with jesus he ate with jesus he slept with jesus he walked with jesus he was with jesus in the passion he was standing below the cross when jesus was crucified it is to g and it is to him that you know god entrusted his mother the one closest to god the closest to jesus the core team member which you say the closest people you know jesus had three core team members who were they? Peter, James and John, right? So wherever he went, he went to the mounts, he went, he took these three people with them. So they are the people who have seen Jesus completely. They knew all his moods. They knew how he was in the morning. They knew what miracle he going to perform. His closest people, closest to his heart. And the same John, now when he sees the glorified Christ, his best friend, he is so terrified. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? Because when he was walking the face of the earth, Jesus had to conceal his glory. Jesus had to veil his glory, but now all the veil had been removed because now he has been glorified. He has been taken up and to the rightful place that God has placed him. Now he's no, long, no longer the Jesus who walked on the earth. Now he's the glorified Christ. And seeing this glorified Christ, John falls down dead. So each of us, if God had to come, In his entire glory, if he had to come and stand here, probably all of us also will have a heart attack and fall down, dead. And then Jesus would have to do a resurrection for each and every one of us. Yes and no? So that is the glory of God. We take God so lightly. But God in his glory is so amazingly beautiful that if you see what he writes about it, no, he writes and he says that, Then I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me and on turning I saw seven golden lampstands and in the midst of the lampstand I saw one like the son of man he was clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash across his chest Golden sash, many of them wear for which what is that uh, Miss India, Miss Universe you wear a sash right or you have the Greek gods, they used to wear sash so it's the same sash across his chest his head and his hair were white as white wool white as snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire. His feet were like burnished bronze, refined as in a furnace. And his voice was like the sound of many waters. And his right hand he held seven stars. And from his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword. And his face was like the sun, shining with full force. This is what the Lord is telling John to write. What is seen. This is what he has So this is the first part that John is told to write about, write about the glorified Christ as you have seen him now. Then the next part is, he tells him, write about, what did he say, things? That are, or what is, that is, it is taking place. That is taking place right now. You have to write about those things. And what is writing about those things? Those things are letters to be returned to the seven churches near, near Greece. I said near the island of Patmos, that is the Greece, there is Turkey, there are seven churches. So you have to write these letters to the seven churches. Now there are many letters in the New Testament, you have letters written by Paul, letter written by Peter, letter written by John himself, letter written by Jude, many epistles, which you see, there are so many epistles, but all these epistles were all written by people. They were all written by people, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now what is the difference here? The difference here is this letter, which is writing to the seven churches is written by Jesus Christ himself. Is written by Jesus Christ himself. And he was told to make copies. You write this entire book of Revelation. Make seven copies of it. And send it to all the seven churches. So imagine if you are a parishioner of the one particular church. Like say Ephesians. The first letter was sent to Ephesians. If you are a parishioner of the church. And your church priest. The parish priest received a letter from Jesus Christ. Addressed to the church of the Ephesians. It was like that. So it was meant to be written. Handwritten. This entire book was handwritten. Not typed or xerox to anything. He had to hand write all the seven things and send it to the seven churches of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia and Laodicea. All these churches are churches in Asia Minor, that is what you call as present-day Turkey. Now, if it means that only this this church is God meant to, no, it's not only this church. It means every church that is there in the world. And this seven churches, each of them have an issue that they were dealing with at that point of time. And one of those issues what each and every church goes through. So I'll come to that in the second teaching when I'll go to in detail about all the seven churches. So it was important that... John would write down this book of Revelation and send a copy each to all the seven churches. Now to see to it that the, you know, there's no word added, no word deleted. So all the seven copies of which are there in the seven churches. So if anybody had added a word or deleted a word, it will not be there in the other version. So to make doubly sure that they will, nobody will mess with this. It was handwritten by John himself and sent to the seven churches. So there was great importance why Jesus asked John to handwrite it and send it to all these seven churches. And the last part is, the first part was, write what you have seen. What he had seen was the glorified Christ. He had to describe that. And the second he had to write what is taking place. And now the last is, so the first part is Revelation. What he has seen is Revelation part one. Now what is taking place is Revelation chapter 2 and 3. Revelation, that is the letters to the seven churches. And what is going to take place in the third part is what is all about the futuristic vision. That is the vision of what is going to take place. So the futuristic vision is from the book of Revelation chapter 4 to Revelation chapter 22 onwards is what is going to take place. So we are right now in the phase of the Revelation chapter 2 and 3 is where the entire world is standing now. So Revelation 1 was revealed to John. It has already happened in the island of Patmos almost 60 years after Jesus was resurrected. This, uh, this uh, picture of, or this, uh, um, this not picture, this vision of the glorified Christ was given to John. So that has already taken place. Now what is, is the state that the world is right now. We are in that what is part of it. And that is the time where the seven churches are being told about the, you know, what you are supposed to do, where you are going around, where the things are going wrong. And if you don't make corrections in that, then what is going to happen? So each church is given a warning. God is talking to him, Is good, you are doing all those things right. But there are these things which are going wrong. So if you don't correct yourself now, then this is what is going to take place. That is in the seven letters that he's going to write. And now the next Chapter 4 to verse 22 onwards. Jesus, you see Jesus in the heavenly places. You will see the judgment. You will see the tribulation. You will see the great tribulation. You will see the thousand years of the millennium that is going to take place. And lastly, the new heaven and the new earth. The new heaven and the new earth that is going to take place. You know, when you see this entire book, the entire book from Genesis to Revelation, Genesis 1 and 2 and Genesis 21 and 22 are the perfect creation. When God created the world, Genesis 1 and 2 was perfect. Everything he created was good. He was happy. It is a perfection. And then in Genesis 3 is when people fell. Adam and Eve fell. And from the book of Genesis 3 to the book of Genesis 20, God had to set right back everything. And Genesis 21 and 22 is come back to a perfect creation. New heaven and a new earth. Are you understanding? So it ends with the first two chapters and the last two chapters are the only four chapters of perfection in this entire book. The way God wanted the world to be. And the entire remaining books in between is God, how he sets things right and takes it back to become a perfect creation. So this entire teaching is all about how we go back to the state of being a perfect creation where there is no evil there is nothing wrong and the world as God wants it to be and the fourth key is so the first three keys what did I say the first key is God wants you to understand this book the second key is Jesus is the main theme the entire thing is about this one person his plan his power and his purpose this entire teaching is only about Jesus the beast and the number 666 and the antichrist and everything are there I'm not denying they're not there. But the theme, the book is not about, Revelation is not about to unveil them. We are not unveiling them. We are not going to find out who this antichrist is. That is not a job. We are unveiling the person of the glorified Christ. So the main theme is, you're reading Revelation is to know about Jesus Christ. So the, don't change, don't turn your thought to, oh, okay, I'm going to get a learning about the Antichrist, or I'm going to get a learning about the beast. It will come in the process. All that takes place. Like you're, you know, starting on a journey, and, you know, sometimes now uh, you go to the Disney World or something, they have this uh, you go sit on a vehicle, you know sit on a chair a movie is played and then you awake your chair also moves in all directions right and then you see the snakes coming up the rat riddling on your legs and you have all these experiences, even you have flashes of water coming into you, so revelation book is like that, you sit, you strap yourself you know the, you know the end end is already a victory but all these things are going to take place the snake is going to come somebody is going to come and bite your leg and you're going to have thunder you're going to have flashing you're going to have all those uh, you know signs and wonders the tribulation those things the beast coming up and all that kind of a wonder thing but the entire thing is that you're strapped with the word of god you're strapped with jesus so when you're safe in that chair you will go through this entire journey amen, amen. so that is the main theme of it that jesus is the main theme and the third key is what the divine outline. This entire book is divided into three parts. What is? What is seen? What is and what is to take place? What is has already happened. What is what has taken place is finished. What he has seen, he has revealed. What is is what is going to take place, and what is going to take place is Revelation chapter four onwards to twenty-eight. Now the fourth key is you need to read this book mainly as a book, like you're reading a review, like if you are seeing a movie. So you people say, okay, go check out the review of the book. How the movie is like. Then how many ratings do they have? Does it have two ratings, one and a half ratings, five ratings, six ratings, seven ratings? Okay, if you had a seven ratings, fantastic movie, we should go see the movie. Or it's got just half a rating, who's going to waste my time? Right? It's like that's a review. Any book also you write, people review the book. People review the book. Because it has already taken place, now you give a review. Revelation is also like that. The first 19 chapters of this book Has already been, uh, you know, explained in depth in entire, and the entire book of Revelation, the first 19 chapters about it have already been inserted in different, different parts of the books of the Old Testament. So what you're going to be reading in this book is not that, oh wow, first time I'm reading it. It's a new scene. What happens next? No. If we are reading carefully from Genesis 1 to all the books, Come even to the New Testament. Go through all the books. What is written in Revelation 1 to 19 has already been mentioned in all those books. God has sprinkled all those verses in different parts of the books in the Old Testament. Like if you take Psalms. You take Isaiah. You take Daniel. You take Zechariah. You take Ezekiel. There is a part of the Revelation already mentioned over there. All this is already mentioned over there. Like what I mentioned to you about how Jesus looked. Any of you remember where this was taught? The entire thing, how he looked. I saw one like the son of man clothed with a long robe. With a golden sash across his chest. His head, his hair was white as wool. Where was it mentioned? I have taught about it. This entire thing I have taught. No. Ephesians, no, I'm asking in the Old Testament, sister, sorry. It was, everything was mentioned as a dream to whom? Daniel. Daniel, it was mentioned. Entire thing was mentioned that you go, he sees a dream word to word. If you read this, it was already mentioned before in the book as a, as a, as a vision to a person. So what you're going to read through this also up till 19, after 19 is something that has not been mentioned. It is a new heaven, new earth that has not been mentioned in the Old Testament. That's something new in this book. So, when you go back to the Old Testament, you will see that you know from Psalms, from Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all this are written in the book of Revelation. There are totally twenty-two chapters. There are four hundred four verses. And for this four hundred verses in this Revelation, there are five hundred reviews in the Old Testament, not in the New Testament. In the Old Testament itself, there are five hundred reviews about all what is written in the book of Revelation. There is review written in the Old Testament. So if you read this book carefully and you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you when you're reading this book, this book becomes very easy to understand. When I'll go to the teaching of this, I'll go by chapter wise. I'll take a couple of chapters at one time so that we don't miss out on any particular line. It's not going to be a teaching like how we teach the other books where in a general we teach. Here you have to go through line by line, verse by verse. So 22 chapters I cannot take. So it will take 22 classes more than this year will get over. So before that we will take, I will be taking it as three, four chapters. Like how God wants me to take it, I will take it. So it's my humble request that you come prepared. Read beforehand. So you will get new interpretation of what God wants to teach you in this. Why He is saying this, which is a, uh, you know, the reference to in the Old Testament. So you will understand better. It's like when you have read through once and you come and the teacher is teaching, ah, okay, I understood now. Now I got this fine. Now I got this fine. Now this has become clear to me. So it'll be like that. So it'll be more interesting for you to read it. So next time when you come, when I come on the book of Revelation, read from one, two, three. One, two, three. So that'll be what the first three portions and from fourth onwards it is the Futuristic vision. That is a new one. But we'll try and cover one, two, three in the next time. And so this book becomes very easy if you sit with the Holy Spirit. And the last and the final key is that you have to understand the... Fourth key is you need to understand the book is mainly a review. That's what I told you. It's a review. This is a review of what has taken place. The entire thing that is in this... Uh, in the Revelation 22 chapters the first 19 chapters has already happened, this has already been written about in the Old Testament, so what they are writing is a review of what has already been taken place it has been mentioned about in the Old Testament itself so what St. John is writing here is writing a review, so you don't like oh it's going to happen, it's going to take place, I am reading the first time, it's not like that you have seen a movie, now you are writing a review, it's the same like that, it has taken place, He's writing a review about it are you getting it? So this basically it is a review, and the last key is that you need to understand the symbols that are there in this book. You have to understand the, the that is the only part of the uh, thing that you find so hard to understand is there is a lot of symbols in this book. Many things are told in such a way that what does it mean? Like suppose if I take I uh, read from the Revelation John one one itself, the book of John, he says. The same part where he says about, you know, um it is uh, it is undercover. Like I turned to see whose voice it was that spoke to me and I saw seven golden lampstands. So now what do you mean by seven golden? It doesn't look like the lampstand that we have in our houses. We put Agarbathi or we put the candle. Is it the same lamp or we have in the church in the altar? Is it the same lampstand? Or what if the next after that is in the midst? I saw one like a, you know, who's a, um son of man clothed with a long robe and the seven same place behind and uh, in his hand he held seven stars so how is a person holding seven stars in his hand so it's like the stars like that we do diagram we make seven stars so Jesus standing or is the real star what do you mean by this so it's like a symbolic representation so what does it mean but Jesus reveals itself in the same chapter so it's no longer a mystery when you read the last part of Revelation 1 he says as for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand And the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. The angels of the seven churches. So he's not holding a star in his hand. What is he holding? The angel. So is it a mystery anymore? It's no longer a mystery. When we read only the first part of it, I'm wondering what is he? He's holding a Star And that to seven stars. Now you don't understand it. And the seven lampstands on or the lampstands that you see in the church, they are the seven churches. They are the seven churches. So the mystery is no longer a mystery. He has revealed it already. That is why we don't have to get worried about all the symbols that are there in this book. Everything that he has given a word, there is a meaning to that. So the 11 stars, lampstands means what? Seven churches. It is not actual Huge lampstands. Now when you see a lot of pictures that they make of the book of Revelation, they actually make lampstands. So many lampstands are standing over there. And then you see Jesus like a, a white robe and everything with the seven stars in hand. That is symbolic representation. But Jesus, what does he say? It's not the stars. They are the seven angels. And the main angels I told you. We will come to that also later on when there is a tribulation time, the opening of the seven seals. The word seven has got great significance in the Book of Revelation along with the number 3. Number 3 and number 7 are great in the book of Revelation. I'll come to that next time. So the word 7, you will come many times over and over again. The word number 7 will be coming. So what is revealed? What seems veiled is actually unveiled. So you should not think, I don't understand. So when we see the beast also, so what do you mean by a beast like? you know, So you make a figure of a huge snake coming from the center of the ocean with 7 beasts. With seven heads or twelve heads or ten heads, I don't know. So many goddesses, So we are imagining from uh, the movies that we see. So many movies we see, so we make imagination based on that. But that is not how God wants us to understand. Like for example, like suppose two people stand here and start speaking in Spanish. Two people in the class suddenly get up and they start speaking and say, "Okay, you can. Who can converse in Spanish?" And said, "I can." I said, "I can." Okay, both of you start speaking in your language. So they are conversing in the language, and we are all looking at them. We, we don't. They are talking, they are laughing, they are having good fun, they are communicating with each other and the rest of us are looking at them as which is blank, total blank. Why? Is there something wrong with their communication? They are communicating right because they are both understanding the language. But the problem is not with the problem is with us. We do not understand their language. Are you getting it? It's because of our lack of understanding that we are not able to understand what they are communicating with. That's why the symbols in this book also, when we read it the first time, we say, because we don't understand. We don't understand what they are meaning it. But when we understand the language that Jesus is communicating it the symbols become very easy. Like I told you about the dream that King Nebu Nebuchadnezzar, he had. He had such a vague dream. He went to sleep in the other night and what did he dream? He says it's a huge tree and then the, you know, the tree is growing in the right in the center of the place and, uh, there's a big rock, uncut rock which will come and fall on it and the tree is gone and, and he is a crazy king. So he gets up next day in the morning, calls everybody, tells them that if you're not going to interpret me in the correct way it is meant to me, I'm going to chop off everybody's head, right? So who is the one who interprets? Daniel. Daniel. For everyone it was like a mystery. They couldn't understand what is this tree that is growing center of the earth and what is this rock that is going to come back. It was a language they could not understand. But Daniel goes back, goes ask the Holy Spirit, reveal to me what it means. And moment the revelation is given, it becomes easy. You also understood, I also understood. So the tree, what it signified? It signified the king himself. He is going to rise up. He is going to become the main king in that place and he's is going to give shelter to all the people in that land. But after a point of time he will be thinking so much of himself that one, one rock will come in hit him directly in that particular part and destroy him, but the root will stand. So his kingdom will get destroyed, but the next root means the next kingdom will take place. So the revelation, once it was given to him, it became very easy. That's symbolic understanding we need to have. We have to think from a point that this book was written 2000 years ago and the idioms that was spoken then does not stand for today. Now like now the phrases the children use, there are some words that our kids use. You will kill it. Absolutely. This movie, you will kill it. Like, you know, so, Anikita Niki speak. kill it means a negative word. Why? Why there's some murder taking place in this movie? I asked. Ma, you don't understand. Kill it means it's so good. So I said, how? You know, generation of hardly, uh, 30 years of difference, we don't understand their language. Kill it. Or kick the bucket. When you think of kick the bucket, what do you mean? The person is dead. But if you go tell a person some other country that, uh, so, and so kick the bucket. they said, why is it fellow? Is he mad? Why is he going on kicking buckets? So, you know, why is he going kicking the bucket? So, people take the words and different meanings. Only those who understand that phrase will understand the meaning behind it. So, for that, we need to understand the symbols. So, don't get bothered about the symbols. I'll try and make the symbols very easy to understand by the Holy Spirit's understanding. So, this entire five keys you need to keep in mind when you read the book of Revelation. So, what are the five keys? very, very important. God wants you to understand this book. So don't tell it is going to be hard ever again. I am going to understand and make it so simple that even a, if I go back home and there is a 4 year old kid, I am going to make the 4 year old kid and the 4 year old kid is going to get it. That is how you have to put in your mind. If a 4 year old kid can get this meaning of it, then anyone can get it. So that simple is what God is going to make you understand. And the second key was The main theme is not the Antichrist. The main theme is Jesus Christ. So don't Google and search who's Antichrist. So don't do that. Let God teach you from this book. This is the truth. And the end, the warning is so, so fierce. You cannot add, you cannot subtract. You cannot add, you cannot subtract. So if people are teaching you, they may be teaching you from their own point of views which may be right, which may not be right. Which may be 10% right and maybe 90% wrong or 90% right and 10% wrong. So instead of going to them to get knowledge, it's better to sit with the Holy Spirit and get the right knowledge. Yes? So you don't go and get confused and find out who is the Antichrist and who is the beast. and he. We will all unveil for ourselves. This is a revelation of Jesus Christ. As Jesus reveals it to me, he is revealing it to each of you. Whoever is reading. So let us, let the Holy Spirit be the one who unveils this entire curtain. So as the curtain is lifted up from chapter 1 to chapter 2, this book you will get to know the entire thing about the glorified Christ. Put it into your mind, this entire book of Revelation is about the glorified christ and the third was what it has got a divine outline there is a plan and pattern how it has been written the fourth is this just a review and the fifth is what you need to understand the symbols so you get these five things the entire book of revelation comes inside this entire thing there are 22 chapters with 404 verses Praise praise god god bless you thank you so much For coming here, and as this book, you also it's best is like you know. So Sister Alice has started a Bible class. So Sister, you also incorporate. You know, you can teach little little to all the people who come them on uh, the and uh, she has got 13 to 14 students who are coming, and she is teaching them on a regular basis. Brother Anthony, you have started a Bible class study in Coimbatore. Oh, he's been transferred. And you must be hearing a lot of testimonies of Brother Anthony. That is Brother Anthony over there. Can you give a big round of applause to this man of God? I'm so amazed by the miracles that's happening on a daily basis. Every day he has a testimony. Every day he has a testimony to share. And I forward the testimony to everybody to listen because one man stands by faith. His bank is blessed, his house is blessed, his child is blessed and he is being a blessing in the life of so many people who are going through severe sickness and troubles and trials and tribulation. This man passes the word, sends them whatsapp. All of us are called to do that. He has come into the ministry hardly month of August brother? August? Yeah. August he came into the ministry totally broken and God has transformed their life and now he's a being a channel of helping other coming to know the true God. So we are all called to be that. And let this book of revelation, you know, shake you up. You are not called to sit in your bench and warm the bench. You are called to become the... Become what? Become the warrior. Go preach the gospel. Go preach glorified Christ. Amen. God bless you.